how and who we are, our depravity, our sin, our problems, our lust, our hatred, our, I mean, I could go down the list. How? How in the world is that possible, this, to produce that greater love, to, to love my, my, my wife and my kids? And take it beyond that. Try, try loving your neighbors. Take it, take it far beyond that. Try, try loving your enemies. And you say, well, wait, that's what we're talking about here. The, the Bible says, man, the, the, to love your wife and kids, I mean, those that you have a relationship, but man, you, you, we're to lay down our lives for even our, our, our enemies. You say, well, how do you know that? That's, that's how Christ loved us. Because you guys remember when he died on the cross, remember they were singing his praises and they all walked him in and they were saying, God, you're wonderful and we love you so much. And, and, and they, does anybody recall that on the way to the cross? Or, or did they rip out his beard and they spit in his face and they kicked him and they, they, they laughed and they scorned him and they drove nails in his hands and his feet and they put a crown of thorns? And that sounds a little more familiar, I, I bet, to us. And then he cried out about his love for us on the cross. And then he said, love your neighbor, love your enemies, love your family that way. And we're like, what? Lord, I mean... There is just no way if you knew me, and God says, that's the problem. I do know you. I know your thoughts. I know your heart. I know your problems. I I, I know what's going through. So we've got to transition and show you why we started with this worship at the feet of Jesus and roll into the greater love. there's There's a transformation. There's a change that has to happen in our minds and our hearts I told you in John 14, 12, when we were there, and we're going to be in a few places. Actually, turn with me to Ephesians 3, 16, Ephesians 3, 16. But let me read our theme verse through this, this thing. Verily, verily, I say to you, he that believeth on me in the works that I shall do, greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. Do you, do you realize at, what the, at the heart of these greater works is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. That's, that's the heart of it. That's the driving force for that. And then he said, the second is like unto that. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That's the greater things that he's called us to. Man, bigger than yourself to reach the lost, the impact the world, to change and reach the brokenhearted and have marriages that thrive and Churches that grow and people that love and lives that are changed because of the gospel. You know why? Because the Bible says in that verse, because he that believeth on me. See, we started a few weeks ago on this greater worship. And if you haven't been here, we use two examples. We use this woman. This woman that was, I'm not trying to be crude in church, but she was known as a prostitute. She walks into the feet of Jesus. She falls at his feet. She's weeping. She pours tears upon his feet. She repents of her sins. She, she rejects her past. She took that which symbolized that, that ointment that she would decorate herself to be appealing. To, she dumped it on the feet of Jesus. Jesus said, go and sin no more. We have another one. Jesus goes to the woman at the well. and She learned to worship Jesus in spirit and truth. She'd been married five times. The man she was with now was not even her own husband. And she turned around and ran out and changed from that experience. You see, your worship with God 
will change everything about you. If you don't have change in your life, you don't know Jesus the way you should. To love the Lord thy God with thy heart, the soul, and mind. To know his power, his peace, his promises, his joy, his hope, his strength. I've talked about knowing him in truth. Our knowledge of God affects our hearts. It changes you from the inside out. So we're going to take that thought right there and take it to the next level. Ephesians 3.16, setting up the message today. You talk about, he said, man, Pastor Tony, if you knew me, and God says, I do know you, let me, let me tell you my plan. God says, let me tell me my plan for changing you. I don't care who you are today, this applies to you. If you are a wretched sinner that you say, I, I've got the biggest addiction to pornography, I, I hate people, I cuss like a sailor, I, I, don't, I, I run people down, I, I have cursed God, I, I, all these other things, God says, all right, if you'll come to me, let me tell you how I'm going to change you no matter where it is. And, and for those that sit in church and say, well, I'm, I'm glad I'm not like that guy. God walks over to you and says, all right, your bitterness, your negative attitude, your greed, your, your, and all those other things. None of us are without sin. Man, we, we walk in looking at everybody else's sin and we can't see the dirt on our own faces. Ephesians 3.16, that he would grant you. Let me just say what we're about to learn about God doing, God does it. It's not you. You can say all day long, honey, I decided I'm going to change. And man, this is Valentine's Day and, and we're, we're going to love on our wives. You know what she'd rather have? Guys, can I get your attention right now? More than that $5 teddy bear and that chocolate that you got on clearance at Walmart. Because you ran in at the last minute. I, I went in the Giant Eagle and I said, you guys haven't sold a thing. I said, your shelves are over. I, I know one of the ladies there and she says, she said, Tony, that's because it, men are the ones that buy it and they run in at the last minute and get it. You know, you know what she would rather have than that box of chocolate and that teddy bear? She'd rather you grow up to be a man to lead your family. She'd rather you grow up to be a man and lead your family. She'd rather you wake up in the morning and say, honey, I want to go to church. She'd rather you bow your head and say, honey, we need to pray about this and see God. She'd rather you be that type of guy that says, honey, we're not going to see that movie. I don't care if it's Valentine's Day or not. And yes, I do get worked up over that. Deadpool is not a movie Christians should be going to because it's a superhero movie. It's disgusting me. It's, it's, It's making me feel like, what have Christians done when they say graphic nudity and 40 F-bombs and all that. I was like, honey, we can go there and talk. We'll, we'll sing about how, how I love Jesus on Sunday, but we'll listen to that trash on Saturday. No, it doesn't work like that. So, man, I, I didn't come here to church to get beat up. No, we've come here to church to be changed. Uh, you say, well, quit stepping on our toes. I'm aiming for your heart, just so you know. <laughs> aiming for your heart. It's not me. I'll be the first one to admit that I've got enough issues. I'm I'm not up here trying to pretend like I've got it all together. God works on me. If we'd all get down and just get real with each other and realize that we've all fallen short, we've all got problems, God desires to do greater things. Until we fix this right here, it's never going to happen. That he would grant you according to his riches and glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Do you know why it says to grant you that God would grant you that God would give you? Do you know what Hebrews promised in this passage? That God would give you strength 
with might, strength with power, God's power, dunamis power, the power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power in the word here that God would grant you with power to change your inner man. The Spirit of God steps in and takes over. Paul continues and says, let me explain this. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. We're we're studying two things. We're studying, just like we did spirit and truth last week, we're studying our heads and our hearts. We're studying our heads and our hearts because you you know where greater love is going to come out of you to the world and greater love coming out of you to your family from your head and your heart right here, that he may dwell in your hearts. Let me tell you, Jesus has no desire to step into your life with all your trash. And I'm not not saying we're, we're, let me stop for a minute. You're going to say, wait a minute. So you're saying, because I have sin in my life that God doesn't love me. I'm not talking about your salvation. We're talking about the fullness of God being spirit-filled, spirit-led, anointed of God. You you read, you see these people like, we we read about stories about the crusades with Billy Graham and the Old Testament, D.L. Moody and all that. It wasn't because they had superpowers, You know why they got it? Because they fell on their knees and got their hearts right and cleared out their minds and let the anointing of God flow through them to change the world. We are vessels to be filled with the Spirit of God. That's what it's saying, that Christ would dwell in your hearts. We sit there on Sunday and say, God, come into my life and fill my life. And God steps in and goes, oh my goodness. What, What is all this? This is trash. I'm not going to dwell and take over. We've, I'm getting ahead of myself. Now listen to this. Verse 17 continues. That ye being rooted and grounded in love. Rooted and grounded in love. Guys, we got to get off this roller coaster. Of relationships being like this. Your walk with God being like this. It's like... Man, I'm so jealous. We're going to be involved. We're going to be faithful to church. And then it's like four weeks out. And like, we're going to get faithful. We're going to, no, you, you don't get it. it. It's not just a change of your action. It's being rooted and grounded in love. God takes over. It's deep. It's not shallow. You say, how do you know that? That's what roots are. Roots is when the word of God begins to reach down in your heart and mind and get into the crevices and it takes a hold of your life. You start doing what you do because you love them, not because your spouse said, honey, we should go to church today. Oh, it's so cold outside. And he may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. All encompassing, taken over. You say, explain this. I can't. There's some things that as a pastor that I can read and I have to step back and say, let me tell you, The Bible says, if you want to experience this, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I can lay it out here and say, I'll tell you what, God is faithful and God is real and God will take over and God will bless you. And it's all encompassing and there's no height and death and everything. And you're just saying like, oh, uh, what? And God says, you've got to come and taste this. You've you got to get part of it. That's why the world on the outside is saying, man, why did those people get all crazy and go to church and, get, and praise God about thriving in the world and, and oh, how I love Jesus. And man, about, get excited about the cross because something is taking over inside of us. It's hard to explain it. Verse 19, and to know the love of Christ. 
it passes knowledge. Man, you have to encounter it. The woman at the well, she ran away different. The prostitute that fell at Jesus' feet, she ran away different. You can say, how great is your God? I cannot put it in the words. You have to experience the greatness of God. That you might be filled with the fullness of God. Now listen to this. You talk about greater things. Through this, what we just talked about. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to the power that worketh in us. He's got to step into you and change you. And that what's going to come out of you is exceedingly, abundantly, above all. You could ask your thing, you say, man, that's not the first time you read this. You're right, I probably read it once a month. Up here from the pulpit. And here's the reason why, unto him be the glory in the church, by Christ Jesus throughout all the ages, the world without end, amen. Him doing exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ask or think through a drama is not about you. It's not about me. It's for the glory of God. This is huge. This is what happens. You don't have to turn there. Let me read this passage. And I kept referencing all through the beginning. And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. The Bible says later, after he says, And love thy neighbor as thyself, he says, And all... I'm not, never mind. He says everything gets hung on this and we're not going to get that. I'll, I'll come back to that. Then he goes in and he said, the second is like unto thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Do you guys realize this? You cannot have verse 37 without, verse 39 without verse 37. Do you, do you get what I'm saying like that? You cannot love others with greater love unless you first love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and might. A lot of you are failing right now and just say, man, I can't get my wife to love me and I can't love her in the right way and I can't get through and I can't change her. And God's like, well, you're starting. I said the first. That's the second, the first. Come back to number one. You guys get this? Number one, number two. God says you start with number one. That's to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy might. And the other passage. So here's how we do it. I'm going to give you, the, this is the transition. We're going to, for the next couple of weeks, talk about greater love. This is transitioning from greater worship into greater love. It begins with a changed mind. It begins with a changed mind. Love him with all of your mind. Be not conformed. In Romans 12 too, listen to this. Romans 12, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Be not conformed. That literally means to be placed in a mold. That's what the world is doing. Guys, all around us, if we, if we get caught up in this, and I, I want you guys to realize, and what I'm about to tell you is way radical. Do you guys, are you guys okay with that? Yeah. Jesus came into the world to be way different than everything is. And here's our problem. We want so much to be like the world and I'm not, I'm not talking about the fact that you wear Ralph Lauren shoes or you wear a flat brim hat. That's, I'm, not, I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm talking about what the world does is they will lay out something and say, this is cool or this is acceptable. And everybody, Christians, run to it, whether it's right or wrong. Do you guys get that? The, the world is sitting there and saying, there's nothing wrong with sharing an apartment and be, not being married and sleeping in the same bed. And God says, wait a minute, you stop here. 
oh, it is wrong. Don't be conformed to that. We, we could go on and on with all these different things that the world does. And, and, and I, don't, I don't care if it's the Disney Channel. I don't care if it's HBO. I don't care if it's a supermodel. I don't care if it's Beyonce. I don't care who it is. If it does not, if it's not okay with God, God says, do not let the world form you into something that you weren't meant to be. You're not. And sometimes we strive so hard and young people strive so hard to fit in and be cool that we'll allow our, our, our language and our minds and our actions and our morals and everything to be dictated by the world. And the Bible says, do not be conformed, pressed into the mold, shaped on the outside to be cool like the world is. And guys, and once again, I'm talking about those things contrary to the word of God. I am not saying don't go out of here and wear whatever, unless it's immodesty or something like that. Why, where, where in the world did we allow the world to dictate this? It goes, let me say it goes deeper. The way that they live their marriages, their morals, their lifestyles. The way that the world says, you cross me, I'll cross you. You, you cut me off, I'll cut you off. You made me mad, I'll get back with you. And God says, you know what, that, that is the world. That's not the Christian. You're to die to self. You're to lift up Christ. You're to rely on the power of Christ in you and not sit there and be like the world is doing. Those attitudes come out of us as Christians. We're wondering, I don't know why I can't reach my family. Maybe they watch you. (laughs) Maybe they listen to you. They're sitting there and the Bible says it's not. We justify cheating. We justify porn. We justify cussing. We justify all these different things. From us being in the world, we adapt to the world, and we were called to be different. You guys realize when the Bible says that we're light, light is radically different than darkness. It does not conform to around it. It is the opposite of what is around it. And the Bible says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let me stop and say something right there. Let, while we're talking about being conformed, can I warn you guys not to be conformed either in the image of a Christian? Can I, can I encourage you, don't be conformed into the image of a Christian. You say, wait a minute, that just goes against Scripture. No, it doesn't. Conform means that you have a, a, a mold to press you into something, to conform. See, God called us to be transformed. See, what happens, you have a lot of people and these husbands that they don't have a relationship with God. And you say, man, why do you keep picking on husbands? I'll tell you, if we're going to have a change in our homes, men need to step up and be men and lead your families. So, so it, this, this whole thing that we're talking about here is this being transformed or conformed. Is you, you can go to church and watch all the other men and you can carry a Bible and you can put on a dress clothes or shoes or whatever. You can, you can talk the lingo. Praise God, amen, how are you, brother? Man, it's good to be in church. I love God. You can memorize the songs. You can do all this. Then you come home and you yell at the kids and you kick the dog and you cuss your wife out and you get mad and you have this shirt and all this other stuff. You see, you can have the look, but unless you're changing the inside, you're still the dirty old man that you were. And, and that's the thing. We can, we can conform to the image of a Christian, but the thing is that God's called us to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, you've been bought with a price. I, I mean, I'm going to put it like this. I mean, I'm going to show you guys an illustration as I walk through this. You've been bought with a price. So what happens is, just like 
the woman that came to Jesus at the well and the woman that worshiped Jesus, Jesus steps into your life and he says, all right, this is all belongs to me. Okay, this is wearing your mind right now. God, the renewing of your mind, God steps in and he walks into your mind. Let me remind you guys and, and ladies, he owns you. If, if you're not at that point, we're, we have a whole other conversation to have. When, when, when you say, Lord, I surrender all, Lord, I give you my life, I'm purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ, take my soul to heaven, you have relinquished your life. So it's not a matter of God coming in and visiting. When he comes in, you pull out your keys and say, it's yours and here's the deed. That's what we're talking about. And inside of your mind, God begins to change you from the inside out to make you into what he wants you to be. Amen. See, see, the Bible warns us in your minds. I'm going to give you guys a glimpse into your mind, okay? For they, Romans 8, 5 says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. When God gets in there and he gets, says all these fleshly things and the lust and the greed and the, uh, the, the gluttony and he looks over here and he sees all this and he says, whoa, 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 wait a minute. He goes, guys, this, this isn't good. The things that you have in your mind, these things are not good. They're not okay. But they that are after the spirit do mind the things of the spirit. See, God's going to make a transformation in your mind. For to be carnally minded is death. That's when you walk in and say, yeah, I yell at my wife and I put her in her play, blah, blah, blah. And God says, you will destroy your marriage. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I, I go to work and I tell them who's the boss. And I strut my, and God says, yeah, and you'll destroy your reputation. Go ahead. That, that carnal-minded, that flesh, that anger, that pride, that arrogance, that whatever, every bit of that is going to destroy everything that you are trying to strive for. Because the carnal man... The carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. This is why God steps in and says there's got to be a renewing. We've got to to make some major changes in here. God does not step into your mind to put a fresh paint job on the old man. He does not fix you up. The Bible says the old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Jen is, uh, Jen is out of town right now. My wife is in Georgia uh, with her grandma, watching her grandma while her parents went on vacation. So Jordan and I have 10 days at home by ourselves that we're doing things. And uh, Jordan is a lot like me. I, I like doing projects. I like home improvements. I like changing things. I like fixing things and things like that. So here I am, pastor of Fellowship Baptist Church, and I have in my basement, Richard, go ahead and pull it up. I want you guys, you're going to get a glimpse into my basement. My basement is partially finished. That is a wet bar in my basement, a huge wet bar, okay? I am not the wet bar entertaining type, in any way whatsoever. And we went down there and I'm like, man alive. I, I, I walk into my basement and I'm thinking, man, that thing takes up. And I, I don't know, I mean like a, a hundred square feet in our basement goes way out and around and this whole thing and there's plumbing and electric through it and 
they, they put a million screws and it's all made out of metal and all this other stuff. And, and, and I, I get down in there and I think, you know what, guys, I, I, don't want, I don't want this in our basement. I want this space. I want to put couches. I want, I want to be able to entertain people. I want, I, want to, I, I want to be able to have a life group in our basement. I want fellowship in our basement. I, w- I want my kids to have a place that they can bring their friends over and, and, and stay in the basement and have good, clean fun and be in the influence of their parents and, and, and do what's right. And so I thought, man, that, that wet bar has got to go. It's, it's got to go. It doesn't fit with my plan of doing greater things of what I want to do. It doesn't fit the mold of me as a pastor of having a wet bar in my basement. I don't want it. So I said, Jordan, get a hammer. Mom is gone. Woohoo, baby. I told Jordan to get out of the way. It was one kick. Boom. And then, no, I'm kidding. We pose for that just so when mom gets back, it looks really cool. But uh, now, before you guys judge me and say, Pastor Tony, that's not how you take apart something. That's the fun way of taking apart something. Okay. So we started knocking out the drywall, and I said, Jordan, this skeleton inside this thing is a giant mangled metal thing. So it's all out, looks clean and cool, and we're going to do a bunch of stuff and build some walls and stuff Why, why, why mom is out of town. But here's the thing. Do you know why I did that? You guys are like, well, you didn't have the right whatever. No, that belongs to me. That house belongs to me. I paid the price for it. And when I walked in there and I realized that there were some things in there that I did not want in there, I had every right to get it out of there because it belongs to me. And I have a greater vision and a greater plan and a more pure plan and a godly plan. And I I have all these things that I want to come and be produced out of that. But in order for that to happen, there had to be a renovation in my basement. This, This is what God does. God doesn't just go down there, put a fresh paint of paint on it and all the other things that we try to pamper our sin and do those things. God walks into there and he looks at your lust and says, so you've been, you, you've been, you've had this for a while, haven't you? Oh my goodness, man, what does that smell? I guess, do you, do you, does that not stink to you the way it smells to me? You want us to have fellowship? You're going to praise God with this smut in your mind? You're going to praise God with that dirt in your mind? So, so let me get this right. You're going to watch this, the nudity and the GD and the F-bombs and all that, and then you're going to take that same mind and go over here and praise the name of Jesus that saved you from that? Does that make sense to you? Oh, praise the one who saved my... Just like, he said, I... This is what I conquered on the cross. I nailed that to the cross so that you could have free. And you're inviting it in. I says, all right, give me, give me the sledgehammer. Give me, give me the hammer. And God goes to work. God begins to bust it out, whatever. Because in order for him to bring into your mind joy and peace, long-suffering, it's got gentleness and love for your wife that she's never had from you. And patience from your, for your kids that you've never let them see before. I'm just not that man. You're right, you're not. Yet, 
I'm going to tell you guys right now, change is a choice. It's surrender. It's inviting him in and letting him take over your mind. Take over these. I, I want to read a verse to you. Listen to this. We're talking about love, okay? Ephesians 5.25, husband, love your wives. Even as Christ also loved the church and he gave himself for it. That he may sanctify it and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. That he may present to himself a glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. But that it should be holy and without blemish. Now notice what he does to sanctify it. I give the illustration of a sludgehammer. Okay, and busting out the drywall and all that. Just stop right now. Let me, let me show you a scrub brush. That he might sanctify it, set it apart. That's what that word means, to be set apart. And cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. See, what God does is he steps into your mind and he begins through conviction, begins to sit there and scrub and clean out, clean up, remove the filth that's in our minds. All the, all the things that are there. And you say, well, I don't see anything wrong with it. And God says, well, let me show you my word. And my word says, I have something against that. And I know better than you do. I know that that's not good and it's not right and it's not healthy. And you're wondering why, I don't know why my wife and I are fighting all the time. And I don't know why my kids won't listen to me. And God says, come over here. Remember, goes against this. Get it out. You know, you know, I hope this doesn't happen here. But you know what a lot of people do? They'll hear a message like this and they'll squirm through the service. And they're just like, you're going to get out to the car. I'm already calling you out on it, okay? I'm calling you out on it. You're going to sit there and say, you know what? I don't like that preacher. He, he, he thinks he's arrived and he's got it all together and, you know, blah, 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 blah. that's all right. Because I'm telling you, what you're squirming against, it's not me. It's not me. You, you just say, you're the one up there talking. I, I, I'm, don't shoot the messenger, Okay. I'm here to deliver the truth, and I'm telling you, the reason why this world is going to pieces is because Christians aren't being peculiar or different or standing out. We're not demonstrating and showing and loving and everything. We're, we're no different than the world. I'm not, and, and let me tell you, everything that God steps in to kick out, you don't need it, and it's not, it's not satisfying anything. It's not helping you. God will never tell you to get rid of something that is hurting you or holding you back. See, in your life, you can't even see what he can see. You don't know what he knows. You see, God does that. When we, when we go to church and we sit in Bible study and you're sitting in your life group and that guy gets up in his life group and he's sitting there opening the thing and they start talking men to men. And man, let me tell you, some of those guys and girls can touch on issues in our life groups that we cannot, I can't even get in front of everybody in here. And they start taking that sponge of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, and they begin to say, guys, you know what we need to do and change. And you know what God said here? And, and the Bible says fornication, the lust of the mind, and da-da-da. And all, all of a sudden we start squirming. Yeah, because the Holy Spirit begins to scrub us down and cleanse our minds. Because He wants greater things in our lives, and it cannot come. Washing of the Word, conviction of the Holy Spirit, because he wants to take the junk out to bring the love and compassion and patience and joy and peace and satisfaction to put in there. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. We're transformed into the image of God. We're transformed to be in the, in the image Christ-like. 
I know we're running out of time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring all this together, okay? I spent a long time. It starts with a changed mind. Two more points, we'll be done, but they're really short. It starts with a changed mind, but a changed mind leans toward, towards a transformed heart. Do you guys get that? A changed mind, as a man thinketh, so is he. You guys get that? As you think, when, when you fill your mind full of trash, and when you're filling it full of lust, and you're filling it full of garbage, and you're, filling, you're, you're lusting out, all of a sudden, that which is here comes out of your heart. David looked upon this woman with lust in his heart, and all of a sudden came in. You know what came out of his life? Go fetch her for me. Go kill her husband. Help me cover up this sin. Help me, you know, you know what happened? It all started because it entered in his mind, affected his heart, and it came out in his actions. A changed mind leads to a transformed heart. Lord, love you with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. John 15, 58, this is what we started with. You, you guys go there with me. Let's close out in this passage together. John 15, 58. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples that you bear much fruit. You know what that is? That when God fills you, follow the right things out of your heart, your love, your love for God, your love for others, your love for the church, your love for people, your love for missions. All of a sudden, this won't look like a stage anymore. I said, wow, God, I I know how you died on the cross. You gave, you held nothing back. And then all of a sudden, like, Lord, the world needs to know that. Lord, the world needs to know that. Man, that is, that is a platform for telling the truth. That is a tool, and it's uncomfortable. Guys, I know everybody's squirming around all these pillars and going around this and, and stepping over this. And you say, man, it's a little sacrifice for such a great, great mission. Amen. Bear much fruit. As the Father have loved me, so I have loved you. Continue ye in my love. You know what the love is? It's the heart. Man, I tell you, you fall in love with God. All of a sudden, you're sitting there as a dad, and this is our brain. Have you, did, you, I, did you guys notice? I don't even mean to do that, but this is our brain over here, okay? Every time I talk about our brain, so we're, I'm backing your brain. And so you come in here, over here, and, and God says, you know, I'm so glad we got that and that out, and that anger, man, that was ruining you. But you notice that I, I, I put love there and I put satisfaction there and there's that peace. You know how you couldn't sleep anymore? I gave you peace right there. Think on these things. Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are honest. Man, all of a sudden, this is your mind. And out of your mind becomes all these things, your passion, your convictions. These things that have I spoken to you that... You, that my joy might remain in you. Did you see that? Verse 11. These things have I spoken to you that my joy might remain in you. Your joy might be full. Let me tell you, that's what God's desire is for each and every one of us. I says, dude, you, you squirmed in church. You got mad at the pastor. You did all those things. But eventually you turn around and got those things out. And this is what God did. God changed your heart by changing your mind. And a transformed heart leads to greater love. Verse 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You know, you know what was on the mind of Jesus when he came to the earth? It was us. 
Do you know what was on his heart when they beat him and they scourged him? And they, It was us. And the Bible says that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. You, you see, that love that came from him is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He did what he did because he was consumed, overwhelmed. He was, he was fulfilled. He was everything of that love com- just over compassed every aspect of him that he, when, even when he was on the cross, he cried out, Father, forgive them. You sit there and say, man, I, don't, I just don't love like that. I don't love my spouse. I'm like, yeah, Pastor Tony, I just don't. And God says, all right, then we need to start over at step one. You got to love your mind, which means we have to clean it out. We put the right things in your mind, it affects your heart. What's in your heart comes out of your lips. Comes out of your lips, affects your family. It's that process. Guys, we'll never experience greater things until we first live out greater love. We'll never have a great impact if you're getting up and doing a stage or singing or whatever and it's just going through the motions. God said, I need it in your heart. He went to the garden and he prayed for you and I and he sweats drops of blood because he was consumed with burden over us. When we go through the world and it's just passive, no big deal, God says, you've got no love 